Why do kangaroos hop instead of run? How can a potato power a clock? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Live! Hello everyone and welcome hey. to This Paranormal Life, the number one podcast in the world. Mm. We are... Mm. We have the most listeners, no, we have the most we uh, weapons, we have, uh, so if anyone wants to try and take us on, that'd be my guest, uh, we have an army of listeners who, they don't know it, but at our live shows, we put a f***ing chip in their head, and with a button, <laughs> we can activate them like this, child this soldiers. Is, this <laughs> is a lot, this is a lot. Uh, also, I think Joe Rogan has a bigger army, a bigger army. Does he? Yes. So you're saying that he's caught more than 14 at his Sorry, disposal? Sorry, 14,000? No, 14. Well, huh? pro I listened a few times, so you could probably knock that down to like 11. Are you being serious? So, yeah, things have not That's been going bad. well. I don't know if you've been looking up how we're doing online, but basically numbers have been going down. Dear so. listeners, uh, uh, greetings. <laughs> uh, so glad of you to join us. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't so, stop listening. To all 11 of you out there. You might want to start training because you got a fight on your hands because we're going to need you to take on some armies real soon. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Guys, believe it or not, I'm actually in great spirits today because we're recording this episode of the podcast on my birthday. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, it's my birthday today. It's your birthday! Yeah, yes, man. dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dude. I knew that too. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome uh, recording it. Really? It's You're recording a podcast on your birthday? Yeah, man. Well, okay. I, like, hey, where would I rather be than with my best buddy Kit and with all of our 11 listeners loyally yeah. here on the pod? That's cool. That's cool. So, uh, did you, did you plan like a birthday party or anything? No, I just wanted to like come over and hang out and stuff. Okay, so like when I came that's... in the house, uh, your wife said like happy birthday. I said hi to baby Cora and stuff. Uh -huh. And I came up here and like I was like I know Kit's gonna yeah I know Kit's got something planned. It's <laughs> yeah. got like oh, a present you know or it. something. You know it. You always go crazy for the presents. So I was like you know what? <laughs> Do I? And then we started recording, and I was like, this this crazy dude is going to give me my present oh, you bet. live you on bet. the podcast. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is yeah. nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Which I is go crazy. And if you, crazy with if the you presents. want all of our listeners to know what I'm getting for my birthday uh -huh. from you, it's got to be something all. crazy. Nah, nah, nah. It's got to be something nuts. <laughs> nah. So nah, eh, I guess, like, mic. do you want to do it now? or Should I close mic. my eyes? Uh, nah. Okay, no. I'll I count think to let's, three, let's, all right? Let's, let's get to the interval. I'm going to count to three. Interval. <laughs> One, right. two, three. Hey! Oh, oh, happy birthday, dude. Right. Yes. Now, you said <laughs> I went crazy with the presents. And was I right or what? Yeah, this is nuts, man. You get iPhone. This is the, uh, this is the AirPods. AirPods. And that's the latest, do you have some of the latest edition. Well, I do, but I don't have these ones. Oh, hell yeah. Hell these are the noise yeah. canceling ones, those oh, V2s. Yeah. You know it. You know it, dude. Hey, oh, how much right. do I love you? Oh, they're a little scuffed up inside. The little uh, dirty, nah, nah, little, yeah. <laughs> there's some wax You're on the tweaking, inside. Bro. Of the You're ones. tweaking. There's no wax. That's probably stuff right. they put on there to keep them lubed up or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't think hey, you need hope to you like up. Them. Hope you like them. Hope you like them. So, no, I do. They did warn me. I think the case may be dead. Uh, <laughs> the battery on the, the pods themselves, though, should be should be a-okay. Yeah, it just popped up also, on my iPad look, uh, trying to connect to Kit's AirPods. 
I need to go back to the store and ask them about that one. That's a bit. So that's weird. They must have automatically like sink it linked in the it store. up with my account. They just they just saw me coming and they were like, let's just sync it up to his, his account. account I'll, I'll get that to... figured out in the back end. Don't talk to them though. Don't ask them about a warranty. <laughs> I could have gone to the store and no, just no, like, no, 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 no. Don't don't ask what the they said. I went. They said coronavirus shipping times. They're out of warranties. But that aside, happy birthday, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for the gift. And I'm not joking. Where else would I rather be than in the studio right now hosting a new episode of This Paranormal Life? A beach, maybe, sure. But, you know, maybe I'll go there after, take take the new AirPods for a spin. I do have, yeah. I have plans. I have plans this afternoon. And you need the AirPods? It's a long drive. And if I could just <laughs> borrow them for like... Three hours. Three hours. Three hours. And I'll get them back to you. Borrowing them at all is weird. You, you. I thought you gave them to me. I thought they were my gift. It's not a short drive. It's a long drive. It's a very, very long. Three drive. hours. Yeah. And I, and I need them because I got a lot of important phone calls to make, and actually not that important errands, but a bunch of errands to run. Uh, it sounds like you don't need the AirPods. Then it sounds like you just have to do errands. We could take one each. How about that? I don't think that's how they work. I don't think that's how they work at all. We could agree to if we just agree to listen to my shit, and you. <laughs> And you just listen to that through one ear. It's just me listening to all of your phone calls. Yeah, yeah, I ditched him. Yeah, I said I had to do errands. Yeah, I told him they were called share pods, and he believed me. He said best friends wore them. I get one and he gets one. Fucking dumbass. I said 50 reminders to remind me it was his birthday. The information just won't stay. My brain just knows it's useless information. <laughs> Uh, that's enough joking at the start of the podcast. Look, you know that we're here today to investigate a brand new paranormal tale, and that's what we're gonna do. Before we dive into this week's episode, I'm gonna give you a little PSA, folks. And this is to our listeners and to you, Kit. This week's episode is wild. Make it to nuts. Let's dive in. Today's story begins in Gateshead, just across the River Tyne from Newcastle. The year was the 1940s, and although I don't know the exact date, I've read that it was a sunny day, which in the Northeast pretty much narrows it down to a handful of days in the height of summer. Robert Hall was five years old, and like a lot of inner city kids from 80 years ago, he was allowed to play out in the street with no supervision. Him and his friends would spend their evenings roaming the neighborhood, exploring the rows of red brick terraces. Oh, yeah, that's back when kids got to be kids. Yeah. I mean, even back in the 90s, we were running shit. I mean, my parents, I had, quote, unquote, screen time, which was whenever, when I was allowed to watch TV or play video games, which went till about 8 a.m., and then screen time came back on at, like, 9 p.m., an hour before I had to go to bed. <laughs> I was going to say, that's surely your entire waking day as a child. <laughs> So essentially, they were just after you had your sugar-loaded cereal, my parents were like, all right, go have fun, kick you out the front door. And yeah, he just roamed about the neighborhood, skateboarding, playing games. I mean, that's it. We didn't mind because despite our age, we were running a borderline bozozuku, Japanese biker (laughs) gang on the streets of Port Sturt. Just leather jackets, rally bicycles. Oh, yeah. It's quite funny. I feel like I'm close to being one of those... uh, old people who is like, back in my day, we didn't have TikTok, Snapchat. We didn't even have a cell phone. But this is where I go, it fucking sucked. <laughs> I wish I had all that shit. That stuff's amazing. <laughs> it was a different time for sure. And it's it's definitely a bugbear of mine that I hear parents say all the time, like, 
Oh, such a shame. Like, we we just love to let our kids <laughs> leave the house, but uh, can't do it these days. Too many uh, too many dangerous people around. It's like, no, it was dangerous back then. You just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people were just ignorant. Your child was raised in Vice City. <laughs> you thought he was safe, but he was ganking Ferraris on the strip. <laughs> well, look, the kids at this point were having a great time, playing outside, running around the neighborhood. But this day was one that would actually change their lives forever. In the middle of all the fun, Robert noticed something in the sky. A distant ball of light zooming around in random directions. He didn't say anything. He just watched as the object darted back and forth above them. Come on, Robert. We're going to be late. Robert snapped back to his friends. The zooming ball he had seen overhead was soon forgotten as they continued their walk through the estate. But Robert must not have been the only one to see the ball. As they turned a corner, they heard the sound of boots stomping on the pavement. What's going on? They turned a corner to reveal a long line of soldiers marching through the streets, heading in one direction. Whoa. Something was going on. Now, I did say that this was sometime in the 1940s. There was a war going on, possibly. Oh, I thought you said it was 1940. Oh, but it was you're saying it was in the 40s. In the 1940s. Oh, okay. So there's a good chance that the world war was happening. Yes, I believe at this time we were still fighting Germany. So maybe at this point, seeing soldiers roaming about in the streets marching wasn't actually that weird a thing. <laughs> right, or explosions in the sky. Still not that weird. Uh, it would still probably freak me out a little bit. I've mentioned on this podcast before that the closest experience I've had to something like this is when my action man walkie-talkie started picking up police radio signals. Mm -hmm. That was pretty close to hearing soldiers <laughs> in my neighborhood. What a what a sheltered life. We, <laughs> we told people we had a biker gang. I'm like unpacking these radios being like, these new radios are so cool. It says on the box that Action Man himself will call you and give you missions to complete. <laughs> all units, please respond. We got a triple homicide. <laughs> Subject is on the run. I repeat, all units respond. You got it. Uh, okay. <laughs> on my, my little bike. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Robert and his friends watched the soldiers for a while before deciding to call it a day and head home for dinner. As Robert left his friends and headed home, he rounded a corner, and in front of him was something he couldn't believe. Uh -oh. There was an odd mist in the air in front of him. It was as if there was a wall of static. A wall of static? Yeah. He just entered a goddamn TV in the middle of tuning. It seemed, the way he describes it is literally like a barrier of white <laughs> Holy in moly. front of him. He slowly continued to walk forward as he approached the front of this mist wall. It was almost like a barrier between the real world and this bizarre blurry world. I mean, people always say you should go towards the light, but they the mist wall... They don't mention the static. <laughs> the giant mist wall, that's up for debate, right? Yeah, I mean, the static makes it sound like it's gray. If you see the light, go towards it. If you see the infinite black, don't go towards it. But if it's gray, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's a gray spot, literally. I always did find that confusing when they were like, hey, if you die, go towards the light. You know what else is pretty bright? 
fire. Fire and brimstone, my friend. So just be careful that you're heading towards a holy, glowing, angelic light and not the light from a thousand souls being burned alive. Uh, and when you're this young, it's sometimes hard to tell the difference. Uh, I mean, is it possible as well? I mean, we don't know what it would look like to so many paranormal journeys we've seen over the course of this paranormal life, whether it's a time slip in Liverpool or whether it's I don't know, going through the wardrobe to Narnia. Um, what does it actually look like to do that? Maybe it is walking through a giant wall of static. Yeah, I mean, this is already off to a cool start because I don't know if we've ever had any kind of wall like this in a paranormal story. At least, so. at least what uh, seems to be on track to be a UFO case. Uh, this is really strange. Absolutely. Honestly... I'd have a little peek inside. Can I just put my face in and have a little look and then decide if I want to go fully in? Or is it like a, you commit to it, right, and then Neo you're touching the, the mirror type thing, the mist goes in your body and next thing you're in a goo pod. Yeah, or do, yeah, do you have to Super Mario 64 style, wahoo, backflip through <laughs> the mist? Let's find out. Robert took a deep breath and entered the mist. Once he was through the threshold... <laughs> Good to take a deep breath. You don't know if there's oxygen in the mist. We don't know anything on the other side of the mist. <laughs> Once he was through the threshold, he claimed that he saw a group of figures silhouetted in the distance. Maybe 20 or so crowded together. Was it the soldiers from before? No, they looked different. They were next to an enormous egg-shaped object, surrounded mm. by a halo of light. Maybe heaven? Maybe. Keep, keep your fists cocked, because we're not quite sure if we're in a demon world or heaven just yet. There's no pearly gates. But be careful. Don't want to punch an angel. That'll get you sent downstairs. Now, look, I know that this is pretty dramatic and pretty wild. You obviously are going to be a little bit skeptical, believing me as the person telling this story. But what about Robert himself? You know when you look through a fire and it's wobbly... Well, that seemed to be the barrier. All you could see is the railway because we didn't see it till we got through the, this bigger barrier. It was under these horrible creatures and they got a hold of it. They took were both along and the horrible looking things, there was about 18 and 19 creatures, the horrible looking Jesus. things. Can you describe what they looked like? Well, well there was one, I know you're gonna, you're gonna take the mick. <laughs> one was like Bigfoot, <laughs> very tall. The others were small. I told you things are going to move pretty fast the, today. The, the horrible ones. One had like a diver's mask on him. Whoa. And uh, one of the creatures, he was a pretty good looking bloke. <laughs> the, one of the aliens. <laughs> but he had long hair. Like ye. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> A bit longer than yours. And I said, well, you can examine me. And I went in the capsule. Pretty crazy what stuff, right? What the f*** is going on? This is what I'm saying. This case is so bizarre. We're not even talking about, like, one little grey that was, like, scuttling behind the craft. He stumbled onto a paranormal picnic. <laughs> Bigfoot is there. The f***ing Nordic grey is chilling there. There's, like, all these little ant people roaming around. I love how there's, like, no easy way to tell these stories. He's like... You're not going to believe this, and you're going to take the mick out of me. <laughs> Bigfoot was there. It was f***ing there. Don't you f***ing even smile at that, all right? Because he was there and I smelt him. They were horrible-looking fellas. Disgusting. Except for one guy who was gorgeous. <laughs> he was a 10, for sure. <laughs> Fabio was there. Um, 
I got a lot of respect for Robert. Like, as you can tell, um, I believe he's still alive to this day, and he can recite this entire story with immaculate detail. And even in his older age now, he stands by every claim and every part of this story. And as you just saw, you know, he, like a lot of people who go through something crazy like this, they're like, look, you're gonna take the piss out of me. You're gonna laugh, but I'm not gonna change what I saw because that defeats the purpose of me retelling this story. This is what you get from uh, a story from the north of England like this. Listen, northerners, whether that's in Game of Thrones or in England. Yeah. They're a no-nonsense working class people. They don't f*** about. They haven't got time for make-believe fairy tales, Rory. This, this young man lived through the war. Yeah. You think he's going to be wasting our time telling us a story that he just fabricated? No. It's true, and and I like that he he's obviously told it enough and he's in good enough spirits that he doesn't mind people. He's obviously had people joking about it and making fun of it his entire life, but he's still just like, hey, I'm still going to tell the story because I think it really happened. I like that description of, you know, when fire makes the air wobble, it was like that. Super cool, right? I mean, that's a very vivid description because I think we were kind of struggling to envision what this... Uh, mist wall was this wobbly mist wall but he did a pretty good job of describing it absolutely i'm now imagining the movie annihilation did you see that one yes yeah i did actually that's a great description yeah because wasn't that it it was basically this it was a wobbly barrier that was expanding and expanding and they had to send researchers into it yeah a lot of the creatures that he mentioned we have heard of before or seen before yeah weird right but it seems like they're all kind of piling together in one group and he's managed to meet them all at the same time. Maybe there's some sort of Avengers-style team-up. It was as if he's listened to every episode of This Paranormal Life. We heard from Bigfoot. We heard from what sounded like a Nordic Grey or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the diver one was, but it's believable to be some kind of cryptid. Um, I do actually have one artist's interpretation of what he saw based on the descriptions that Robert gave. So take a little look. I would love to. At this. Whoa! <laughs> this is an artist's interpretation. This is like Basquiat went through the void <laughs> and came back and made a masterpiece. I mean, this is a real, uh, a genuine artist's interpretation. I think it's for sale. You can buy it online. <laughs> it's an art piece. It's quite cool. I mean, if there's any... Um, particularly minted listeners to this paranormal life. Maybe you should check it out if you're an art collector slash paranormal enthusiast. Um, I appreciate what they're trying to do as well. This isn't like a, it obviously wouldn't do Robert's story justice to do a like HD 4K pencil drawing. Sure, um, like a police style sketching. He's painting in broad strokes here to create the wobbly effect. And we can clearly see a very terrifying Bigfoot who looks somewhere between a monkey and the Babadook. Uh, <laughs> then it's tiny gray, which is very funny. Um, and then uh, a diver. Yeah, the, from, sco the from, scuba mask. From the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. And then lastly on the right, seemingly out of nowhere, Marvel's Doctor Doom uh, <laughs> staring down the camera. It does look like... It looks like if you got a Doctor Doom action figure and melted it with a lighter. <laughs> and that's essentially what we're left with. A very bizarre combination. And honestly, not what you want. Uh, if you are Robert at this age, choose one. 
choose one of those people and say that you saw it because it's going to be hard enough to say you saw Bigfoot <laughs> in a mist wall, let alone the fucking Babadook, <laughs> an <laughs> alien existed yet, and a submarine man. <sighs> this is intense. But again, he swears by the story, and we're only, believe it or not, getting started in today's case. Robert says he was grabbed by one of the creatures as the others approached him. Even though they looked insane, they spoke to him in perfect English with no discernible accent. <laughs> they weren't Northern? <laughs> nope. They simply said, We are looking for information. Robert is five. Robert is five years old. He can tell you what time Barney comes on and his favorite flavor of juice. <laughs> you should not have grabbed He doesn't know what time boy. it is. He doesn't know what day it is. Robert said, The year's 1940 and we're at war with Germany. What else would you like to know? But that wasn't the answer the creatures were looking for. The next thing Robert knew, he was being dragged onto the egg-like craft with all of the creatures. Okay, wrong answer. <laughs> Whatever the right answer was, he didn't give it. Once inside, Robert was told to hang his head and keep it low. If you lift your head up, you'll be killed instantly. <laughs> what the f***? Maybe that wasn't a threat. Maybe they were like, Right, the gravity. Six dudes got decapitated because of the Mordon that swings by here. Keep your head low. The Mordon is just a broken ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we really need to get that fixed. Robert was understandably frightened as these monstrous creatures poked and prodded him all over while another drew blood from the back of his neck. I'm just imagining all four of them just poking, poking him. him. Hmm? Hmm? What, what do you think, think of that? that? Hmm? Eventually, the doors of the craft opened and dumped Robert back onto the streets, dazed and confused. What did this achieve? What did this achieve? They got some blood from his neck, I think. And they poked him around a little bit. They found out there was a war going on. <laughs> yeah, war should be self-evident without having to abduct a five-year-old boy. <laughs> also, I think one of y'all could have done this. You didn't need to get Bigfoot involved to take a five-year-old into an egg. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea that, you know, in this kind of panoply of paranormal creatures, maybe Bigfoot is like the Earth guide. He's, oh, he, right. he's like Chewbacca. He's like the Wookiee from Earth. He's like, all right, Han, I'm going to take you down to the home planet, show you around, show you the important stuff. I'm going to be your translator, your man on the ground. Eat this. Don't eat that. Yeah. I'll take you to the people you need to talk to. Because otherwise, <laughs> why is Bigfoot hanging out with alien greys? Unless he's like the muscle. Like right. you can just hire him to, to be just like stand there and look menacingly. <laughs> so it's like, are you going to get on the craft or do we have to get Bigfoot involved? He's like, no, I'm coming. I'm coming. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm All moving. Right. When Robert got home that evening, he tried to tell his parents what had happened, but of course they wouldn't believe him. So he went to bed, hoping that tomorrow it would all be over with. Yeah, you ain't leaving the house after that. No, you're stay, tucking he's yourself in. in the bedroom for a couple days. But the next day, the family awoke to a knocking on the front door. Robert heard his mother downstairs greeting a stranger. A low rumbling of a man's voice drifted up the stairs. <laughs> Robert, get down here right now! He put on some clothes and headed downstairs. Robert, did you trample this man's flower bed? Robert looked outside and saw two tall men dressed in neat dark suits. 
Uh-oh. He'd never seen these men before in his life. We know where this is bloody going. Oh, hold on. My bread's ready. Excuse me. Robert, while I'm gone, you better apologize to these two men. It's the very British scene. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> the kettle's just boiled and my bag is in mash is going to burn. The second his mother turned her back, the men's smiles faded. <laughs> Listen to me, you little shit. You didn't see anything yesterday, understand? Oh my lord. He is five. He is five years old. These men do not need to Don't show up to him and like intimidate that. him. I assume he's holding onto his blanky bottle of milk in his hand, and they're like, if you say a word to any other government agents, yeah, yeah. you will be destroyed. It's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I still think Santa's real. <laughs> if you think of going to the Russians, your bedtime bunny has <laughs> had it. It's had it. Robert nodded. The men smiled and strolled away. Believe it or not, this wasn't the end of Robert's story. Maybe he was marked when he was on that craft. Maybe they didn't get enough of that sweet child blood from the back of his neck. No one said it was sweet. But for whatever reason, he was marked all right. Three days after the incident, Robert had been sent to the newspaper shop early that morning to pick up his father's paper. Robert knew the way there like the back of his hand. It was only a couple minutes walk, but he couldn't help and stare at the point in the road where he'd been abducted by the strange creatures only three days ago. I mean, it's brave of him to go out and walk these streets alone, knowing what had just happened to him three days earlier. That's that childlike optimism. Yeah, you're like, that can happen again, no way. As he reached the back streets, he glanced left and right to make sure there was nothing coming. But Robert froze dead on the spot. In front of him looked like a grey creature in the distance, running at him full pelt. <laughs> oh god, run Robert! Run! He couldn't believe it. Was he dreaming? Maybe this was a flashback or a memory from three days earlier. But dream or not, this little thing was racing towards him. <laughs> There's no time to think. Which is f***ing scary, because we've done a lot of paranormal UFO cases. But when have not we ever seen they sprint. a, a grey run? That is a terrifying thought. Yeah, man. It was like... I think we've talked about it before. What was that? What was the first zombie movie where the zombies could run? And and that revolutionized the world of zombie movies. Everybody was like, nah, yeah. nah, this is too scary. Too spooky. Yeah, I, I'm imagining that three foot gray running like Tom Cruise and or the T-2000. Robert squealed and took off running, turning a quick corner and stumbling over a curb. This thing was small, but it was fast. He ran through the estate, trying to find anyone who would help him. As luck would have it, Robert's old uncle Ernie happened to be out in a backyard when he heard the boy screaming. He popped his head over the fence and saw his baby nephew being chased by this strange creature. <laughs> he raced over to help Robert, grabbing whatever was nearby as a weapon. As Robert rounded the corner, passing his uncle, Ernie swung a heavy shovel, smashing the creature in the head as it rounded the corner. Get his ass. It sank to the ground like a lead balloon. World star. Crumpling to the floor. They had it coming. They had it coming. 
This is crazy. This is, <laughs> there is a Looney Tunes wacky races scene playing out before us, but a, a deadly one of yeah. a paranormal nature. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see alien human combat, quote unquote, taking place at this level. Recently, we had an episode which was the Mantel UFO incident, which was basically a US fighter jet in a dogfight against an unidentified flying object. That sounds cool and real and official. This is an uncle hitting an alien with a shovel in the face. <laughs> this is a different, le- this is on the, this is boots on the ground combat, you know? This is that unk combat. Get him, unk. Which, you know, inevitably would happen if aliens invaded the world, (laughs) our world. You know, in the movies, all we see is like the space fights and laser guns and stuff. And the authorities getting involved. It would get to a point (laughs) after a couple months where you're just like fist fighting greys in a dive bar. And, uh, you know, they've come up a lot recently. I'm not just throwing it in there for the sake of it, but it's a borderline dad squad initiative to combat the local paranormal threats. For real. Just hopping in your pickup truck and seeing how many you can hit on the way to the liquor store. Is it legal? No. no. But did it save little Robert's life? Potentially. No. I mean, potentially. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the rest of the story. Well, you're about to hear it. <laughs> it's like his uncle threw the shovel to the side, looked down on the ground. It was Robert. He hit Robert. <laughs> he missed. I mean, attacking a, a creature like this with the shovel is great because... You, you don't only have the weapon, you've got the tool to hide the body. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Swiss army knife of murder. <laughs> the only way it could have been faster is if you killed the grey with a body bag. <laughs> if you just zipped him into a body bag alive and buried him. There was an amazing kind of documentary put together by, I believe, a man called richplanet.net. And this is where we actually got the interviews with Robert from. Ah, I see. He actually went to the exact place where all of this took place, interviewed Robert, and got Robert to, like, walk him through the different locations, including the exact corner where Robert's uncle whacked this alien with a shovel. (laughs) The alien hit the ground so hard, you can still see his face print in the concrete. Yeah, there's a radioactive scar burnt into the pavement. Absolutely incredible. Robert's uncle, Ernie Wren, had killed the creature with a coal shovel. This is the precise spot where the alien was hit over the head with the shovel. Boosh! (laughs) He properly goes for it. 20 minutes later, according to Robert, a vehicle took the dead creature's body to a place where it could be hidden until authorities were informed. According to him, the hiding place was underneath St. Cuthbert's Church on Bencham Road, about half a mile You just from buried him! You didn't hide he it, you buried him! He said there were steps at the back of the church which led underneath, down which the alien was taken and then stored for three months. I'm just standing now at the top of the steps by the side of the church where the alien was taken. I'm just going to go down the steps. Hello. It's a little chamber which is about, say about 12 feet by 8 feet. And we're just, we're underneath the floor of the church here. If you can see this, an ideal place to store a dead alien. 
<laughs> All right, I got to pause it right there. No one has ever described a room before as a great place to store a dead alien. If someone says that to you, if a, if a real estate agent says that to you when you're looking at a property, turn the f*** around. <laughs> oh my god. They couldn't have picked a weirder place to store this thing under the floorboards of an old church. It is something we have seen in stories before. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but in at least one episode of This Paranormal Life, an alien has been given a Christian burial. That's true, Because yeah. people don't know what to do with them. I guess if you are dealing with something that in your very sheltered life feels evil, bringing it to a church is maybe a good thing to do. But it, the, it's dead. It's from the description. It sounds like he killed it with a shovel. They he didn't just he knock it. it out. He properly like hammered it like a nail. I like the idea of Rory being the authorities here. Like, please, and you, just because you lived a very sheltered life, don't assume that it's an evil being. Or like, it's just in here. Holy, burn it, burn it, send it to hell. It's just so hideous and evil looking. This is like a up real world version of E.T., the extraterrestrial, yeah. where a little gray came to Earth. We killed it with a shovel and buried it under a church. It's <laughs> we like, didn't try and get it home. We were so scared of it. It's like that viral tweet we've mentioned before. It's like, if I had seen E.T. as a child, we would have killed it with hammers. I could tell you that much. <laughs> Can you imagine thinking that you had killed this thing? You dragged it under the church. And then that Sunday, you and your family are there, you know, attending the sermon. And the priest is like, oh, welcome all to the service. We will be studying chapters Mark through John 1-5. And you see you're under the floorboards. Right around the world. <laughs> now all please rise and you join us uh, as we sing our local hymn. <laughs> Quiet at the back. Quiet at the back. You guys hear something? No, I think it's, uh, I just love the Lord so much. Robert's sweating. <laughs> I just love the Lord so much. Sometimes I, it's a braggaroon. It's a braggaroon. <laughs> There's laser bullets firing up through the floorboards <laughs> like a Western saloon. Pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. The alien bursts through a stained glass window. The crowd <laughs> screams and disperses. <laughs> the, the priest doesn't know what's doing. He has risen. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. 
All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Yeah, interesting choice for sure. Uh, but in fairness, I don't know if I would know where to take the corpse of an alien. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, I, look, I don't think they really brought it here because of the fact that it was a church. I think this was just a secluded area that Robert and his uncle knew about where they could take this thing until they knew what to do with it, basically. I don't know if I'm taking it anywhere. I feel like I'm calling the police and leaving it where I saw it. There's a war going on, kid. We're trying to fight the Germans. You know, I think. I don't remember which one this was or what was going on. We were <laughs> trying to fight someone. The The boys got enough on their plate. Boys? <laughs> the, the boys. The soldiers got enough on their plate. I think, they, I think they need to clear some space <laughs> on their plate because this is a priority. If anything, I think we should also tell the Germans and this might actually unite us as one force. <laughs> In the years following, the incident was swept under the rug completely, and Robert is really the only one who's come forward in the last few years. Of course, something to look out for. Has he made any money from telling this story? No. If anything, as we saw, he's been laughed at and ridiculed. Judging by the production value of the documentary you showed me, I don't think there was a big paycheck for starring in that one. I don't think there was a paycheck at all. <laughs> Now, of course, one of the problems with his story is that he really doesn't have any concrete proof that these events took place. I was going to say, we're kind of large. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I was surprised that uh, Unk turned up at all. I thought that we were going to be stuck with one person's testimony. Yeah, unfortunately, Uncle Ernie is no longer with us. So even in the documentary, they weren't able to reach out to him for a comment. I will say the closest thing that Robert did have was a perfectly symmetrical triangular mark imprinted on his face Whoa. that stayed with him from the age of 5 to 13 before it disappeared completely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Kind of weird. <laughs> but again, it's gone. We don't have pictures of it, you know? <laughs> again, there was a war. We were thinking about other things. We weren't photographing children at the time. Between 1941 and 1945, if you told your parents you saw Bigfoot and he branded you with a hot iron, they'd say, shut up and go get us some provisions. Yeah, if you tell them you saw Bigfoot, they just ask, was he German? <laughs> and if you say no, they don't care. <laughs> they would say, that was a German sniper in a ghillie suit. <laughs> it's a miracle you're alive. <laughs> thing we can do is talk about other paranormal UFO cases that took place around this area. To establish a pattern, if you will. Yeah. A soldier based at Cresswell, Northumberland in 1942 claimed that they witnessed a large disc over the sea before he was hit by a yellow beam of light and passed out. Whoa! Years later, he recalled being in the presence of several strange-looking men and a woman-like figure 
as well as being examined by an entity wearing a surgeon's mask. What the hell? There is so little rhyme or reason to this collection of people. During the 1960s, strange sightings in the sky over Gateshead included a silver saucer the size of a car, shining pink discs, shimmering silver objects, and a roving fireball. Alright, so Gateshead is a bit of a paranormal hotspot, allegedly. Yeah, I mean, Robert is the only one who is really promoting this story, but if you look into it, there's a lot of stories from other individuals claiming that they saw crafts, or even stories from other children saying that they saw little green men roaming about when they were kids. What does this mean? Why do you think this area in particular? Is there a disused mine shaft to the center of the earth? Is there a rip in the time-space continuum? Is there a, a local a mushroom infection that everyone's tripping out? I have literally no idea, and it's never even really explained. I mean, that's the difference between, let's say, poltergeists and UFO activity. Poltergeists or ghosts or hauntings, it's all kind of based in history and motivation. There's usually a reason for the creature being, or the spirit being there, a reason why they're doing the hauntings, maybe even some similarities in the type of haunting they're doing. You know, they were hung here a hundred years ago, so now their ghost floats like it's dangling from a noose. Bigfoot and a guy in a scuba suit abducting children (laughs) in the middle of an estate. There's really... Bigfoot didn't live here a hundred years ago, you know? I I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, I don't think he knows he's in Gates' head. (laughs) No, he definitely doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, UFO abductions and sightings are, for the most part, a lot more sporadic than hauntings are. And I'm going to go ahead and say I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't also play the role of a skeptic in today's case. And unfortunately, Robert's a liar. There's a lot to be skeptical (laughs) about. (laughs) Even though today's story sounded insane, I left a lot of stuff out. Okay. That would make this story even more wild. Let's hear it out, you know? We need to see all the evidence, so, you know, just run us by something, any of Robert's details. It could be the linchpin that ties the whole case together. Well, don't... Sure, maybe, but, like, let's not expect that from what's next, because... It might not be, though. It might be something that makes it even worse. But, you know, if, if what we're lacking is evidence, you know, surely more intel, more info could help we'll give it a shot yeah uh robert claims that he and another child was abducted on board the egg okay we've never another witness they've never been able to find that child or whoever it was <laughs> maybe they disintegrated them he says that after disembarking from the egg he mm-hmm. ran back to the soldiers and pulled one of them to come check out all the little creatures mm-hmm. One of the soldiers saw the creatures and started firing at it with a handgun. I mean, I might meaning I had a handgun. Meaning everyone scattered in the neighborhood. Uh, actually, there's another part that I forgot to mention. I think when he came off the egg, he said that there was a dog that was barking aggressively at a group of girls. And he claimed that he grabbed an implement, quote unquote, hanging from one of the alien's tool belts and fired it at the dog, which immediately fell docile. Right, so... uh, (laughs) So he... Okay. Yeah, I don't know if this ties anything together. No. I mean, it's, it's a weird little unnecessary twist to add. 
And I, it's like, I was abducted and, uh, oh yeah, on the way out, I shot a dog with a laser gun um, and it almost died. I don't know if I appreciate or understand why the aliens have a Batman utility belt. <laughs> I don't know either. But I mean, if they're little greys, Robert's five foot so he could reach it at least because they're probably similar height. That's true. Uh... But yeah. I, I see what you're saying and getting at, which is that we may only have a story worth telling here by not telling the full story. Yes, I'm telling you the core events and what we what I've left out are the sprinkles of details that ironically add skepticism rather than more information to the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even the alien, I read I read Robert's interview, I read news articles. In, in that interview that we heard about, I think the guy said the alien was in the church for three months before it went. He did. He did say that. I've read other accounts where I don't know if it was Robert, but some people claim the thing was gone in 30 minutes. <laughs> so we didn't kill it. It, it disappeared. It, just, it ran away. Uh, or someone came and grabbed it. Did you they know? say what happened after the three months? No. Again, it just disappeared. There was no... Which is kind of crazy because... I feel like three months is enough time for you to kind of digest the situation yes, and be like, even two months, be like, okay, it's still down there. Let's at least like take a bit of skin or, you know, look at it or Get poke Get a single it. piece of evidence. Tell one other person. Yeah. I mean, sure. Robert maybe doesn't need to do that, but Uncle Ernie is a grown man. A grown man who has killed Uncle an alien. Uncle Ernie's a drinker. He forgot <laughs> about it, the whole thing, pretty quickly afterwards. There's enough kind of changing parts to this story that definitely make it hard to believe. I mean, especially the fact that Robert, who's essentially now the only one telling you every detail of this story, was five years old at the time. I Right, which to be clear is like, I don't know if I remember... I th- think my earliest possible memories of being alive are around five years five old. years old and i was a little liar as well <laughs> by the way you would just make shit up i mean like 100%. even my uh nephew uh who i hang out he's like two coming three soon um he just lies yeah he, j- he doesn't know what lies are yeah my, be, my, my niece uh comes home from school and you'll be like, oh, what did you get up to at school today? And she'll be like, uh, this and this and this and this. Tell you a whole story. And then her grandmother will be like, none of that. She just made that all up on the spot. None of that happened. <laughs> She's like, you got to believe me, Unky Kit. I hit an alien with a shovel. She's fucking wackadoo. <laughs> the teacher is a man in black. None of it happened. Uh, I also... But if she thinks of going to the Russians, nothing happened. But if she thinks of going to the Russians with this... I'm also just going to throw out another spicy hot take here. Seeing as we're talking about such wild conclusions as aliens and Bigfoot being friends... Yeah. Let's talk about another spicy conclusion. Uncle Ernie killed someone with a bat. (laughs) Be it a dog or a person. And then to get off the hook... Told everyone that the blood stains and the blood-covered shovel and the blood-covered crypt in the church were from an alien. Weird they bleed like us. Weird they bleed red like us humans do. And they have like a f***ed up alien power, which is they can actually morph into a human body and impersonate the postman. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I don't want to say that's a, a theory we should entertain, <laughs> but there's a real world here where a real man died. And Uncle Ernie told little Robert a very exciting tale <laughs> to explain the events of the day. And how you can't, shh, don't, you can't tell anyone about the alien in the church <laughs> that we buried together. <laughs> um... Look, I don't think we need to dance around it for much longer. I think it's time for conclusions. Okay. Kit, we have a crazy story today. I mean, it's a wild one. It's a great one. I had a lot of fun investigating it and telling it to you today. But ultimately, is this too wild for us to consider to be a real story? Yes. I mean, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was going to like, yes. I was going to like talk about, we have interviews with, Ernie. Yes. Oh, we have interviews with Robert himself. Yes. I, we oh, don't we have, have interviews, interviews with, with Ernie. We don't. <laughs> you just made that up. <laughs> You're a little liar. <laughs> You're turning back into your five-year-old self. We have interviews with Ernie? <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> I, I was there. Uh, f*** it. Yeah, this is nuts, isn't it? You, you know, I love this. This feels like a return to form. This feels like classic TPL. Yep. Because let's face it. This is not an outlier. Many of the UK and across the world, some of the most famous, well-known paranormal tales are just as wild as this, or even wilder. We've covered so many of them. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean they're necessarily not true, but yeah, I think we all agree in this instance that it, we've got nothing to go on here. That's it, man. I think that's what, what, you know, that's what we ultimately have to do at the end of our episode is with our knowledge, with the evidence that we've managed to find, <laughs> we have to come to our own conclusions. And you know, if we hear the word gray, we're, we're automatically primed to give a yes. Yeah. It's almost like Robert gave us too much. <laughs> it's like when you eat too much uh, cake, your mouth starts to hurt because it's so sweet. That's what we've been given today is every, <laughs> every cryptid under God's green earth arriving in an egg and harassing a child. And with that in mind... If this is true, God bless you, Robert. You have a cursed life. A hundred percent. Hey, I will say I watched that entire uh, interview and documentary with Robert and the guy's in good form. You know, whether or not he even believes it a hundred percent, he's happy to talk about it. He's happy to just tell the story to strangers. And um, I'm glad to see that even, I mean, if this did happen, it was quite a traumatic thing, but he seems to be able to joke about it and have fun with it. So uh, I hope he wouldn't be too upset with our conclusion that we've come to today, which is, of course, a double no. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like his attitude. I feel like he'd just be like, ha, doesn't matter to me whether you believe it. I know what happens. And we'd be like, fair play, Robert. Yeah, fair play. you've got to. I mean, those are the, your two options is you become that person who's like, you know, yeah. hasn't slept you're, you're in gotta weeks. You got to believe me. I'm, I'm sorry. Like nothing, nothing matters. Jobs don't matter. <laughs> nothing is real. Or you just got to be like, hey, this is fucked. But hey, I still got to go to work on Monday. Yep. I said, I got to pay the bills. Yep. I'll keep telling the story, but probably people aren't going to believe yep, me. My buddies I, I golf with, they, uh, they're sick of hearing it, but it is <laughs> true. That's his like this one time at band camp story. He's like, he's like, there was this one time, don't don't bring up the greys again. I've heard it so many times. But they told me this funny story that one time on Gashmurgan, Planet Gashmurgan, <laughs> they did this shit. Did I mention Bigfoot was there? I, I did, didn't I? Yes, yes. Every time you mention he's there. Oh, I just being sure, just making sure. They had great taste in music too. <laughs> so unfortunately, even though it is a double no this week, that's one hell of a story. 
I'm so glad that we actually got around to investigating it. Hell yeah, you gotta love that British level of slapstick violence, hitting an alien <laughs> with a shovel. <laughs> Dude, I love that they obviously kind of put together this documentary that was to tell the story of Robert, but that host really enjoyed pretending to hit an alien with a shovel. Wow! He begged the editor not to cut that from the documentary. I'm gonna load Please, it up. I'm gonna it load in. it up one more time. I think we're when we tweet about this episode going on. I think we're gonna need to queue up that clip, even as a GIF. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm loading it up one more time because I want to listen to it. This is the precise spot where the alien was hit over the head with the shovel. Because <laughs> he gives it stacks. Boosh! <laughs> he properly swings it as well. <laughs> <laughs> incredible oh I, incredible dad squad behavior that's some real dad squad behavior thank you so much <laughs> folks for listening to this week's episode of this paranormal life oh. i had a great time kid had a great time as i said Ahuga. where would i rather be on my birthday than hanging out with y'all enjoying a great paranormal tale on the beach on your own with one airpod and i know that everyone out there is going to be like oh rory we want to give you a present for your birthday. Kit got you those sick AirPods. Like, how do we they give you sick. a present? They might make you sick. They're so goddamn dirty. And everyone's like, give us your address. How do we send you a present? I can't do that. I can't give you my address. But there is a way that you can give me a birthday present. Oh, interesting. And that's by giving us a little review over on your podcast app of choice. Whether that's iTunes, whether that's Spotify, head on over. And if you're enjoying the show... Give us a couple of stars and... Uh, well, don't, don't give us a couple of stars. Well, five if you're feeling generous. <laughs> five would be great. <laughs> if you want to give less than five, send Rory a present instead. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Less than five, I'll give you my address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pop on over, give us five stars, and in the description, just say something you like about me. Or the show. That might be more helpful for people <laughs> discovering the show. Or like both, you know, just be like... The improv is great, and I really enjoy tuning in every week for a brand new paranormal tale. Mm -hmm. Also, Rory's got pretty sexy eyes. Well, they wouldn't know that because it's not a visual medium. I think they can tell. I think you can tell I got stunners, okay. two stunning balls in my skull. Or, you know, that was just an example. Just be like, hey, his voice is like smooth caramel. Also, the show's fine. Five stars. Yeah, okay. Something like just a little present to me so I can read the reviews and be like, oh my God, like feel the love, you know, like it's like a cool thing where I get complimented on my appearance. Are you getting to like see your family this, this, this birthday? No, they don't really talk to me much anymore unless they left a review and I just haven't read it yet, which could be cool because there are some mean ones on there for sure. So that could be them. Okay. That yeah, could definitely yeah, be yeah. them. Like one star, bad brother. Signed Colin. <laughs> yeah. I saw that the one. The show shit too. Also signed colon, yeah. The show is actually pretty good, but you're an awful son. <laughs> okay. You're sincerely mum. That might be from her. I can't tell because like everyone has a mum. So it's like it could mm, be anyone's seems a mom. little more personal than that though, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, you're a bad son. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. As I said, it's it's the gift that you can give us for free. And it really does a lot of help growing the show and getting us into the ears of brand new listeners. But of course, there are some of you out there who support us on Patreon, a whole nother level of support. And as one of the rewards on those tiers, we like to give you your very own shout out at the end of the podcast. Let's go. Special thank you to Brandon Thurber. 
Brandon Thurber loves to murmur. Even if you just ask him his name, he's like, well, you all know my name. And you're like, oh, chill out, buddy. I'm just asking you a question. I don't want any questions. I think that's just how he talks. He can't get above a murmur. Interesting. Does he also like to mumble? Oh, he loves to mumble. He's like, mm. yeah, it's really, it's on all the time. He could be. <laughs> Thank you, too, Stuart McConnell. Come on down to Stuart's dirt. We got dirt of every kind. We got gravel, soil, dust. Cool. That's uh, a lot of shit you stains. can get just outside. So it's not a great <laughs> business right. model all right. because all right, bud. dirt's so, everywhere. So, okay. It's what Earth is. So right. it's Where like, are you going to get 10,000 kilograms of dirt in 30 minutes? That's a, Okay, that's a lot, actually. I don't know why anyone needs that. This is a service that only Stuart can provide. Stuart's dirt. Check it out. Thank you to Georgina Torres. Whatever you've done in life, no matter how dirty you are, if you've just come from the scene of a crime, Georgina will clean you. Top scene to of a crime? Just examples. If you've just hit an alien or man with a shovel and you need to make sure you don't have any DNA on your body, mm. Georgina will clean you. If you have committed tax fraud on a corporate level, millions and millions of pounds, uh, Georgina will clean your accounts. <laughs> she will. Legally or the other way. <laughs> That's her slogan. <laughs> Thank you to Danielle Carter. Danielle loves to barter. Nice. There's nothing she likes more than going down to a market and saying, how much for that? They say 50 bucks. And she says, I'll give you 55. They go, what? And then she steals it and runs away. In nice. that moment of confusion, she just, she gets That's them. when she acts, not really bartering. That's theft <clears throat> and riddles, I think. <laughs> what are criminals in our midst? Yeah. Thanks to Matthew Pickles. Matthew's in a bit of a pickle. Because he swung a shovel at what he thought was a gray oh, and turned lady. out to be a fully grown man. Oh, the postman. Oh, yeah. But don't worry, Mr. Pickles, because Georgina will clean you <laughs> and everything will be okay. Thanks to Rancor Man 7. The Rancor Man 7? They're my favorite big band. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is insane. I mean... These guys are like 90 years old. They are veterans. They're still going. The wow. Rancor Man 7. That what, is... What kind of music is it? <laughs> it's music for Rancors. It is. It's... Uh, do you remember? The, from Star the, Wars? The giant beast from Star Wars. That's right. I don't think that thing has ears. I think it's just <laughs> teeth and arms. It's a lot of rumbling. It All really right. is. More power to you guys. Thank you to Hollow. Hollow, holla at your boy. Because you may be entitled to compensation if you've been recently hit by a shovel. Uh, it's been a problem affecting many in our community lately. Mm -hmm. There is a, an epidemic of some description. We don't know if it's down to one person. We think it is. We think it was pickles. <laughs> but if you've been left hit with a shovel feeling hollow inside, you know what to do. Get in touch. Extra money is available if he left you in a crypt for three months. Thanks also to Slay for the Queen. Slay for the Queen, another hardcore rock and roll band. Playing yes, music dude. exclusively for Rancors. Oh, yeah. They don't so much as, like, play music as they do just toss instruments into the pit. And sometimes just meat. They toss meat into the pit. <laughs> Thank you to Hannah Bolton. Hannah is always bolting her front doors closed. Makes sense. You don't know what's out there. Could be a guy with a shovel just waiting for you. It's just annoying because, like, every day you have to then take all the bolts off and just to, like, go get a glass of milk and then you come back and bolt it back up again. Where are you going to get a glass of milk? <laughs> just going out to, like, get a glass of milk or a, or a 
Are you a cat? Are you going to your neighbor's <laughs> garden? A cat of tuna or a glass of milk. Yeah. Thanks to Luke Cullen. Luke out! There's a man with a shovel and he's Cullen. <laughs> he's Cullen for you. Jesus. Man, we need to... I was starting to regret distributing shovels to every man, woman, and child in the commune. We wanted to do it so they could dig for more rocks. Yeah. Well, not just rocks, gold, minerals. Yeah, sure, some rocks, because... Oh, I told him. It was just rocks? I told people just dig for rocks. Is that why Luke showed up my front door with just a basket of rocks? <laughs> oh, I don't need these. I told them they could keep the golden minerals for themselves. Oh, f- he was dripping in ice. <laughs> Thanks to Christopher Groom. Here comes the groom with a shovel. Oh, Not again. On his wedding day. Surely you have more important things to be tending to, Christopher, but go off, king. I've heard of a shotgun wedding, but a shovel wedding? Thanks to Ms. Boogie. <laughs> Ms. Boogie, a legendary, a truly legendary songstress of the Rancor music scene. What kind of... Came you... up in the underground Rancor uh, concerts, Rancors having mosh pits, yeah. which is a real terrifying sight to, to behold. Yeah, because underground, imagine. there's a lot of Rancors. That's kind of their whole shtick. Um, man, awesome. We've got awesome, to go see man. her live at some point. That sounds amazing. Thanks, lastly but not leastly, today to Victoria. All Gloria to Queen Victoria. She was sort of like a fake royal queen that we installed in the commune mm-hmm. to kind of take all of the uh, criticism and abuse from the public when uh, Kit and I were kind of the puppet masters behind the scenes. Yeah, we figured it worked pretty pretty well for Queen Lizzie II. People like her, but it turns out that people like her because of like her personality and actions. Yeah. Whereas uh, our Victoria, <laughs> the crown went to her head pretty fast. She began whipping peasants a lot faster than we did. Yeah. And we're pretty nasty with it. So apologies, her reign has come to an end. Uh, we're looking for a new queen of the commune. Uh, applications, please respond. Uh, and you can also email in cases to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Um. Thank you so much to everyone that we shouted out. Thank you so much to everyone that supports us on Patreon or leaves us a review online or just tunes in every week when we do this show. We couldn't do it without you guys, and we're so grateful. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And of course, you know your boys will be back next Tuesday with another Paranormal Tale. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.